Well, hello and welcome to episode number 403 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. In this week's packed show, BA pilots suffer from neck ache, one airport ditches its no liquids rule, and one airline's passengers are unable to get off their plane. Are they still on board? Find out later. In the military, we look at a couple of mishaps in Italy and Taiwan. A Russian Su-25 takes a licking and keeps on ticking. And the U.S. Marines hold a massive exercise on the U.S. West Coast. So joining me this week across the village in the glorious Suffolk uh, Waveney Valley area it is, of course, Matt Smith. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about that. It's glorious. Mind you, today, the weather. Oh, it my has goodness. Been, oh, my word. It has been like uh, one of, some of my friends put on his uh, Instagram profile today. Summer is here. Yeah, well, uh, well, spring, uh, I think. Let's, let's not go yeah, too crazy. I, I was going to say, a bit here, premature. Yeah. A bit premature. Absolutely. But no, it's been a lovely <laughs> day today. It's been really nice. Especially when you're driving up and down the um, one four three all day. Well, yes, anyway, absolutely. Yes. You like a hobby. I know, I know. <laughs> and joining us across the the fields, the glens, the rivers, the lakes, and the sprawling Buckinghamshire countryside it is, of course, Neville Bounds. Yes, and I had a treat over to the uh, Suffolk region and the Norfolk region uh, this week. And my car got covered in the Sahara sand as well. Oh, yes. Um, so, uh, but I'm not blaming that entirely on you guys. Oh, thanks. But, uh, <laughs> no, it was good. Good to see you guys on uh, Wednesday, wasn't it? We had some it was, yeah. dinner at the we, fleece. We, we couldn't go, I can say, we couldn't go to our usual haunt because uh, yeah. Chan's is now only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? But uh, So we went to a, a new venue and actually, yeah, they did us all right, didn't they? Nice place, very good. Yep, yeah. very much enjoyed that, and yeah, uh, yeah excellent. So it's good, to, good to see you. We we missed we missed our uh, our fourth amazing host of the show. He couldn't join us for our um, little food and drink uh, outing on Wednesday, uh, but uh, he is here with us this week, and it's always good to see him back with us uh, on the show every week. And uh, this week, it's safe to say that uh, our show art or the artwork you see on the uh, YouTube feed <laughs> features. Armando. <laughs> hey guys. And now if anybody can tell me where that that is that is not photoshopped, it is an actual picture. <laughs> and nothing in that picture has been uh modified as in the airplane has not been modified from my general orientation. So how did that happen? Anyway, here I am as Jeff says, uh Studio 325 at an undisclosed hotel. In an undisclosed city in Florida, which is a hint to how the show art came. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a story on it later. <laughs> so, uh, how, how's uh, flying going, Armando? Have you been uh, able to jump in the Pilatus recently? Yep, I'm actually on a trip, on a charter trip right now. We brought some folks down to Central Florida. They were nice enough to um, host us for the couple days that they were down here golfing. So we, me and my co-pilot are here in a hotel and we just get to enjoy the beautiful, sunny central Florida weather for a couple of days till we go back to the Charlotte area tomorrow. And how is Sierra Tango? She's just fine, running strong. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I love how you say that like it's like it's something that, you know, it's like it's almost, it's, like, it's almost like your baby now as you, far you as you're have, concerned. You only, you, only have to meet, you only have to meet it once, Matt, and it's like, right. it's like okay. oh, All it's right. beautiful. Okay, yeah, it's beautiful. fair enough. Oh, dear. 
So big uh, welcome to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. Let's have a look and see who's in there this week. Uh, we've got Richard Adams. He was in there early this evening. Hello to you, Richard. Uh, Alan White is in the chat room. Mazus, hello to you, Mazus. Lovely to see you in there as always this week. Nick Codling, hello to you, Nick. Uh, Jenny over in Rome, always good to see. Uh, hope you've had some good weather your uh, side of the. Uh, it's always river, nice Jenny. in Rome. Yeah, it's always nice in Rome. <laughs> Our main man, Micah, is in the chat room as well, uh, keeping us all safe with his blue spanner of doom. Uh, <laughs> we've got Dirk S. Hello to you, Dirk. Neil Lanwarn as well. GB's model zone. Uh, we've got, scrolling down, make sure I don't miss anyone. Oh, Matt. Matt Smith's in the chat room. Never heard of him. He's so, a right dodgy interesting one then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Micah, get that spanner out quick. Masha, <laughs> Masha is also in the chat room. Katie uh, is uh, also in the chat room. Hello, I to told you, Katie. you she was watching Keeping... us. I knew I know. she was watching. She's <laughs> blinking watching. Us, I know. Honestly. Can't get away. Yeah. All like... our trade secrets. Um, some some geezer called John. He's in the chat room as yeah, well. Yeah, dodgy uh, fella. Stay well. Dodgy yeah, fella. Yeah, yeah, Alan White. Um, but hello to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. Good Actually, while, you we're, all in there. while we're mentioning chat rooms and things, I, I just wanted to, to mention, if that's okay, because a, no. a big, a big, a big <laughs> fan of the show who we had the great pleasure of meeting at the 400th, and we've all met very, very regularly as well. It is actually Myla's birthday on Sunday. <gasps> oh so, my word. happy birthday uh, to Myla for happy birthday, Sunday. Man. Absolutely. Are you going to sing, Carlos? Or? Well, you normally kick things off. <laughs> no, no, you're right. No, okay. Anyway, happy, happy birthday. We'll, happy we'll, birthday. We'll send you a voicemail at some point. But yeah. yeah, happy birthday, Milo. For some, we'll get Nev to sing as well. That'd yeah, be absolutely. Mm. <laughs> That'll be a treat. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a treat. And uh, don't forget as well, if you are listening to our glorious voices uh, via the audio show, and you've downloaded that through the various places you download it from uh, don't forget to check us out on youtube search for us on youtube plain talking uk on there hit that subscribe button and don't forget to click on that bell icon uh, which is right next door to be notified when we are live and recording new episodes just like we are now because we'd love to have you in the chat room because we love a chat room absolutely we carlos by the way mark has been in touch by whatsapp saying he's loving the picture that's behind you what's that picture behind you on the well on green screen it's safe to say that it's obviously one of the greatest aircraft ever to fly oh it's not one of those silly tristar things again is it's it? it's the beautiful lockheed constellation l1011 Oh, I can't get the staff these days. All oh, you can. All oh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a massive amount of news to get through this week, oh, including we? military news and our military special caption this oh, uh, this week, <laughs> which has, I have to say, this week's military special caption this has been quite popular. Good. I won't That's lie. What we like to hear. So if everyone's ready to do some commercial news... Yeah, well, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, go on, hit, hit the button then. <laughs> I just noticed never dived away then. <laughs> so, 
So kicking off this week's first news story, this one comes to us from the bbc.co.uk. Always good to see some BBC stories on here. You know it's right then. And uh, we've talked a bit about this in the pri- uh, previous episodes, and it's all about those uh, those wonderful masks that we've all been wearing now for the last few years. And uh, Heathrow Airport drops its COVID face mask rules. Where it dropped them, I don't know. But if you find them, let them know. Uh, the UK's largest airport uh, has dropped its mandatory face mask uh, for passengers. Heathrow Airport no longer requires people to wear them in its terminals, railway stations, office buildings, but will continue to recommend they do so. BA, Virgin Atlantic are the latest airlines as well to relax their policies on face coverings. Uh, passengers must still wear them on board flights if the country they're traveling to requires it. Plan B measures ended in late January this year, meaning masks were no longer legally required on some public transport in and in shops. However, Heathrow, which handles a large number of international flights, had kept that rule face coverings must be worn until this week. Heathrow said that while the airport was pleased to move away from the mandatory face mask requirements, if there was a significant rise in infections or a future variant concern, it would not hesitate to bring the mandate back. The airport said face coverings would remain available for people who still want to wear them. And Virgin and BA have both said that they were also changing their face mask policies from Wednesday, making it a personal choice for customers and crew to wear them on board certain flights. Uh, BA said that uh, in their statement, we uh, we were clear the destination uh, you're traveling to doesn't require a face mask on board it will become optional the airline said customers may be asked to wear a mask when getting on and off planes at destination airports and it highlighted as well that on routes to or from the u.s masks would still be required until at least the 18th of april virgin atlantic's chief customer and operating officer Cornell Costa said its policy would be introduced gradually. He encouraged passengers to respect each other's choices. Uh, from uh, today, all travellers will be able to enter the UK also without filling a passenger locator form or PLF uh, for taking or taking COVID tests. Holidaymakers will still need to be aware of and follow the rules, though, of where they are going. And it is worth always checking the destination you're going to or travelling to, what their rules are when you travel into the country, because they are different in and around Europe. So it's always worth checking. But what do you think, guys? Masks, I mean, I think I will continue to wear one if I do go on board an aircraft again this well, year. Well, yes, I think that's reasonable, isn't it? But unfortunately, uh, by mucking around with the rules again just mm. in case you think you had trouble previously when <laughs> masks were, were mandated on aircraft and then certain people wouldn't wear them and then they got offloaded and were generally unpleasant this uh, optional business um yeah. is just going to make it even worse and i don't understand why they've done it either you're wearing them or you're not and this sort of halfway house business i think that's just going to lead to uh passenger difficulty shall well, we course, say. and, and bit, i'm sure there'll be a couple of weeks time we'll be reading about a story where something has happened won't we yeah well, and, and this mm. is the thing the bit that worries me about all of this is like you know whatever your personal preference is or whatever you, you know it's your choice to to wear a mask as you say but depending on the you know you it's the cabin crew that i'm feeling sorry for in this particular scenario because obviously they're the ones who are going to have to to make those tough decisions and tough calls and and upset passengers and that kind of thing as you say and the ambiguity here is is just going to be so frustrating isn't it 
Masha makes a good point in the chat room, actually, and I, I agree with this. Um, she's got so many cute designed masks, she wants to show them off. <laughs> well, there is that's, that. That's absolutely. very true. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've got a couple of really nice masks, one of which um, you got me, Matt, and, uh, and Mama Smith got oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and my other, I've got two aviation-themed masks, which I quite like wearing. And also, of course, the other thing is that uh, uh, Apple have just released an update this week on the iPhone, which enables you to uh, do a face ID, you know, opening oh, the phone using business the mask. whilst wearing a mask. Oh, that's Ooh. clever. That's but, clever. Yeah. But, but it's all a bit too late. To another party, ridiculous thing. In my Indeed. Book, to be yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just to be honest with you, I did because I mean, somebody did say, actually, if you do the face scan wearing the mask. As one of your options, that is, that is one way of doing it. But it was also, she said, I just bung in my, my pin code for the occasions when I needed my phone while mm, I was yes. wearing my, How, my How's mask, the old but... mask wearing thing stateside, Armando? Is it still sort of as what and when? Ma what masks? Okay, fair enough. Okay, good. Right. <laughs> well, good. First of all, I'm in Florida right now where I don't think anybody ever uh, wore masks. And uh, I do think it's a little bit interesting that so you so you don't have to wear the mask if you're anywhere on the airport, but the moment you board the airplane, you have to wear a mask. So it's a little odd. Yeah, it only lives in aircraft, unfortunately. Also, BA have had a bit of a moment. I think was it this week or the back end of last week where well, IT issues that, that you don't have to wear a mask, uh, but you do again. So I think oh. we've got a story coming on that later with, with you know just changing their mind uh, right. on the hoof mm. is not helpful. Okay. Again, uh, so uh, with my uh, with my sort of feeling sorry for the cabin crew hat on here, it's them that are going to have to sort of sort out the weed from the chaff, mm. isn't it? Essentially, on this, which is just you know they've got better things to waste their time with. Frankly, <laughs> never mind. So, Matt, you've yes. got uh, the next story, and it's all about uh, saving a food quid with our favourite low-cost carrier. Oh, goody! Right, okay. So, coming from the websites, good. Two.com and also TikTok.com. Uh, the headline is Ryanair customer shares clever luggage tip that could save you big on flights. Uh, Ryanair customer has shared a brilliant money saving tip that could help you save up to £50 on luggage costs every time you book a holiday. Budget airlines are great, but most travellers end up spending more money on everything from snacks to carry on luggage. Uh, travellers have praised TikToker. Cloda Scanlon after she posted her clever trick for saving money while boarding a Ryanair flight. A 20 kilogram check-in bag isn't always essential for a short trip, but Ryanair does not include a complimentary 10 kilogram carry-on bag either. So you'll have to pay extra for it if you want any sort of carry-on luggage besides a handbag or a backpack. Ryanair's initial booking option allows passengers to select their fare based on their seat and baggage needs. Uh, Cloda explains in the video that if you wait and choose value fare, you will still be able to add bags later on. Instead of paying €192, Euros, that's £161 for her flights, Cloda managed to pay €133, uh, £111 for the exact same flight with the exact same amount of luggage. So go into Ryanair's app and do your usual, picking your flights, picking your dates and choose Using the value fare, which does not include a 10 kilogram bag. After that, if you click continue, you'll be taken to a new page where you can manually add the, t the 10 kilogram bag 
back for just €13. That's £10. So, uh, John very kindly has given us an explanation here because uh, if you're like me, you're a bit confused. Uh, With the value fare, you get to bring a small handbag, backpack or laptop, etc., as um, a carry-on. With the regular fare, you can get the small bag plus the 10 kilogram carry-on and also priority boarding as you get to pick your own seat. With this tip, uh, and you get to pick your own seat. Uh, with this tip, Cloda explains that you can pro- add priority boarding, including a 10 kilogram bag, on the value fare for less than the regular fare. But this, but with this method, you do not get to select a seat. Now, um, that is one of the things that I do struggle with a bit with this whole particular model, isn't it? Where um, you're obliged. To, it's the if you're travelling together as a group. Uh, you're not necessarily sort of in the same, you know, you're not sitting next to each other unless you you pay extra, which I have to confess, I do find quite frustrating. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, if you're watching the YouTube feed, we've got uh, some examples that John has very kindly put together uh, for us. So you've got the value fare there, which is £25.90. As I say, so with the value fare, you get to bring a small handbag, backpack or laptop bag, etc. as carry-on. With the regular fare, you get the small bag plus the 10 kilogram carry-on, uh, a priority boarding, of course, and you also get to pick your own seat. So, uh yeah, it's uh, the only thing that worries me. The the, uh, the only thing that worries me a little bit uh, with this, of course, is that now that it's been made public, of course, Ryanair will probably cotton on to it and will probably change it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you you carry on to continue with value fare, and then you can add the bag afterwards, which is um, a, a useful hack. I mean, obviously not for Nev because there's only one uh, there's only one airline. He, he have you ever actually done a Ryanair flight? I did once. Yeah, Luton to did you uh, carry? I think it was <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Again, uh, but do you not <laughs> think that there's a uh, again a level of complexity here which is unnecessary and could lead to arguments? Mm. I agree. Yeah. You, you had me at hello on this story. <laughs> I, I would just pay that. I, I would look. I would go to the booking site and I'd just be like, uh, I don't know, difference between twenty four pounds, twenty nine pounds, twenty nine pounds. It is. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess is what they're, they're you know, but that is, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know your um, your cheap flights you've got uh, booked up in um, May, I think it is, Mando. Yeah. Does that does that include whole? No, it's no, it's a uh, uh, small item only, uh, personal. Uh, item. Okay, okay. It's 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 exactly the Norwegian uh, model going across tra- transatlantic, which, as uh, you know, John was kind of saying in 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 this story is I paid for exactly what I needed, which is I'm going over there for four days and all I'm going to have with me is a backpack with a couple extra, you know, changes of undies and, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll fit under my bag. Uh, Richard Adams is saying in the chat, in the chat room, uh, uh, that's so complicated. You may as well have a one armed bandit handle to put, (laughs) to to pull to help you decide. Wow. Okay. I mean that that's that's dark. <laughs> so well, Nev, we're uh, we're going to sort of uh, stick with you on this one, and uh, be uh, this is a rather interesting story, I will say. Yes, and I think there's money available for lawyers here. Oh, by the looks of things. 
unusually. It's on the dailymail.co.uk and it says that a group of 16 BA pilots sue the airline for more than a quarter of a million pounds. Uh, the 16 veteran flyers spearheaded by Captain Jonathan Perry are now claiming compensation payouts ranging from £10,000 to £100,000. They say that they were left with painful neck and spinal conditions caused by constantly swivelling round to check a CCTV screen at the rear of the cockpit showing aircrew buzzing to be let in. Uh, the three-camera security system was brought in after 9-11 attacks uh, to give pilots a clear camera view of anyone wishing to gain entry before buzzing them in. But the lawyers for the 16 pilots say that the CCTV screens should have been positioned at the front of the cockpit to prevent pilots mm. from having to crane their necks around. Uh, in court documents, his barrister Christopher Edwards said that Captain Perry, who flew for BA for 12 years flying the 757 and 767, claims to have been strapped so tightly into his cockpit chair that it was awkward to sw uh, switch his whole body round to check the cockpit door security surveillance system which is the CDSS monitor. Uh, he claims he had to twist his neck up to five times each hour before operating the flight deck door release which amounted to a total of around 5,000 neck twists per year. When the buzzer sounds, the pilot twists his neck to look at the image from the first camera. They then turn forward to use the controls in front of him to cycle to the second view from the camera. And then the pilot twists his neck again to look at the CDSS monitor. And the same process is repeated for the third camera. So finally, he then operates the controls to open the door. Uh, Captain Perry says he suffers a slipped, suffered a slipped disc and spinal damage due to his repeated neck twisting and had to undergo spinal surgery to treat his condition in 2015. British Airways denies liability for the pilot's injuries, claiming it did not breach its duty to keep them safe from injury, as well as contesting the size of their claims. The case reached the Central London County Court uh, last week as lawyers hammered out pre-trial issues involving legal costs and quantifying the 16 claims. No date has yet been fixed for the trial, which will focus on whether BA breached its duty of care towards its pilots and the precise causes of their conditions. This is so bizarre. The chat room of um, it's lit kind up, of it? yeah, lit up over this. And I, I mean, I found a story, and like when I you know found a story last night and put it in here, dropped it in here. I just I read through it. I just it's just bizarre. I've never heard anything well, like this in all the years we've been doing this th show. There seems to be a level of complexity on the seven five and seven six uh, aircraft, um, obviously which BA no longer flies. Um, I think I'm right in saying on the Airbus. Certainly yeah, on the 330 the and the 340, and mm. therefore probably on the 380, uh, you can actually see it in front of you. And I'm sure yeah. on the 350 that you and I went on, Carlos, I'm yeah. sure that there was access to the flight deck door CCTV from there. Yeah. Um, but it does sound a bit of a design issue there, doesn't it? Um, I, I take issue um, with this. Uh, and first of all, 5,000 neck twists in one year. I would love to compare that to Captain Perry's uh, quantity of neck twists, checking out the opposite genders when he's on his layovers in all these cities. So how do you, how do you prove that those 5,000 neck twists looking at that monitor in one year were the ones that caused his slip disc? Um, in addition to this, I imagine that Captain Perry also didn't complain uh, on uh, September 13th, 2001, when they probably figured out that they needed to put something, some kind of security system 
to monitor who was coming into the flight deck. So um, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? They had to do something to modify an, air, an airplane cockpit is, is time consuming and very expensive. And had they tried to come up, this is just my personal opinion, but had they tried to come up with a solution that displays on the front, first of all, there's no real estate up there. You've already got iPads up there where you're gonna put an extra monitor. Um, now you have to get it tested. You're gonna have to get it certified. So it would have been on 9-11-2002 before they figured out you know, where to put this, this camera and monitor. I, I, I don't quote me on the numbers. I don't know when these, you know, the strong doors came about. I'm sure it was a couple of years later anyway, but. So we've got some great comments in the chat room here. We're going to start with Captain Ridiculous Wits, if we may. Uh, craning one's neck is no joke, but I'm absolutely sure that strapping yourself that tightly into the seat is far worse, uh, was one of his comments. And moreover, uh, don't these guys need to do a fitness for duty physical? What kind of guys are these that are breaking their backs and necks by looking behind them? Jeez. <laughs> Carlos. Yeah, Neil Lamon says, uh, just give them a makeup compact with a little mirror, which would obviously work very well. It's a very good idea. Indeed. I, I, I'm um, liking Sturman's comment as well, yeah. actually. <laughs> fight, fight, fighter pilots are laughing at this. Quite, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because they wear a huge helmet, and it obviously weighs a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I am. I'm sorry with, with what Nev was saying just a moment ago. I'm fairly sure. I mean, um, John's just said in our ear and stuff, but I've, I've seen it myself. And I know, I know Airbus had, have got the screens. I think the screen, the camera screens are in the center. <laughs> sure, they're the center console. Yeah. The, yeah. the screens. Yeah. yeah. And they can switch and see those on there. On the 320 it is. I'm fairly sure on the 320 it is. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. Very weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the business of uh, preempting outcomes uh, for people in court because that's not what I do. But um, I wouldn't mind having a couple of quid on this that there, there <laughs> could be an out of court settlement. <laughs> do you think? Let's right. have a look. Yeah. Let's what sort of odds do you think they're going to? Oh, come on, it's Cheltenham week. I mean, what sort of odds do you think they're sort of going to be offering? Oh, it, it's on something like this. Well, it's, it's no more than fifty-fifty, uh, is it? Right. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll have to see. We'll yeah. have to see. Indeed. Yeah. Watch this so, space. Watch this yeah. space. Yeah, we'll probably have some updates. There'll be someone else yeah. complaining. Uh, Richard Adams says that he remembers that Captain Nick had back and neck problems. He said were caused by looking over his shoulder in his fighter days, uh, but a, a rather higher G than the blokes in this yes, story. It's a very good point. Very well, made, yeah, I mean, yeah. on, on the Osprey, we didn't even pull that many Gs. Well, on defensive maneuvers we did, but just by the sheer fact of wearing 35 pounds of Kevlar vest, plus all your survival gear on every single flight, plus a, a helmet that makes you look like a bobblehead. Or do you remember in, in 007, the, the Bond uh, video game, big head mode? That's what oh, we always felt. Yeah, yeah. That, we are, we were always in big head mode. Uh, yeah, I forgot I mean, about that. We did. We didn't even. Yeah, from the catacombs of my mind. But we didn't even have that 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 much maneuvering in that airplane. And and every flight, I, yeah, your back hurts, your neck hurts. It, but you know what? I chose that career field. I'm going to say hello to John Jester. He's joined in. He's joined in from Incheon. So hello to you, John. <clears throat> And uh, we'll stick with you, Armando, for this next story. And uh, it's more good news for Boeing. They've sold some more stuff. <gasps> yeah. So I actually hadn't been tracking this. This is Caribbean startup airline Aerojet. 
Uh, they're ordering 2737 MAX 8-200s with another 15 options. This came from Boeing.com, AirlinerWatch.com. They, uh, the two organizations announced uh, this uh, 2737 MAX airplanes, specifically the Dash 8, or the 8 MAX 8-200. I know, it's a bad um, Right, to deliver low operating costs and expand affordable travel options in the Americas. Aerojet also has options to purchase 15 additional 737 MAX jets, which would take the airline's planned fleet to 40 aircraft. This order was finalized in January and is currently attributed to an unidentified customer on Boeing's orders and deliveries website. The airline hosted a launch event yesterday at its uh, new hub in Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic that's positioned perfectly between North and South America. And this location in the Caribbean is going to leverage the uh, the perfect range of the 737 MAX to efficiently serve a large number of traditional and underserved markets in the continental United States, Brazil, Colombia, and throughout Central and South America, according to Aerojet. This 737 MAX 8-200 is a high-capacity variant of the MAX 8 developed for the low-cost market, as we've talked about with some of the European carriers. The aircraft itself isn't much bigger. However, it is uh, certificated to carry more passengers than the MAX 8 due to the addition of an extra mid-exit door. Uh, Aerojet's first jet uh, was a 737-8 lease from Griffin Global Asset Management, delivered in early March. Uh, The jet was toured by Dominican President uh, Luis Abinader at the launch event, along with industry, government, and tourism officials. The travel and tourism industry, of course, is recovering globally. Aerojet is supposed to bring 4,000 new jobs and a significant new economic development to the island of uh, the Dominican Republic. Um, Now, I put the story in here because it is, uh, there is a long history of of aviation in the Caribbean, right? We've all seen the Jimmy Buffett days, the Jimmy Buffett stories. Uh, My dad flew. a regional airline. He flew for Printair in Puerto Rico to the to the whole Caribbean, and even to this day, American Airlines, American Eagle, has a, a pretty big presence. We talked about Tradewind a couple of weeks ago on the show, ordering twenty new Pilatus uh, PC12s. They're going to be flying that into the Caribbean, Saint Bart's, Antigua, a um, couple of the islands out there. So. I feel like Aerojet, what they're shooting for here is the same thing that Norwegian, or not Norwegian, but um, uh, WOW and Play are doing with Iceland. So capitalizing on that transatlantic market, but having that stop over there in Reykjavik, I think that's what they're kind of shooting for is uh, North America to South America with a central stop in the Dominican Republic, um, which uh, 8, 8% of the Dominican Republic's uh, GDP is comes from tourism. So uh, good luck to them. And, and I hope it works out. But I've mm. been to the Dominican Republic a, a few times on fuel stops and it's beautiful, especially Santo Domingo. Great place for a layover. Indeed. Now I've got, I've got a question here because uh, one thing that, that you guys are privileged to, as I say, because uh, we've mentioned this before, but John put so much work in, into the background of uh, of our notes here. And he just put this little random, uh, we get little nugget, random nuggets of information. And he's saying that uh, tourism makes up 8.4% of the, of the Dominican Republic's GDP. Now I must admit out of context, I, I don't, I don't really understand. That seems like quite a high number to me to to be purely reliant on tourism i mean that seems huge well i come from puerto rico that's a pretty significant uh, portion of our uh, anywhere in the caribbean 
as well as some South Pacific islands, but most of the islands, that's your tourism is, is a huge portion of your, of your uh, GDP and your, and your uh, profits on the islands. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some beautiful places. There's a lot of cruise uh, operators go to uh, Puerto Plata, they go to Ocho Rios, oh, Ocho Rios is Jamaica. Um, uh, the Santo Domingo is a huge cruise port. So it is, it is not uncommon for, for uh, island nations to have. And I think John was just saying that in the UK, it's 9%. Tourism is 9% of the GDP. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's why things like the pandemic is incredibly hurtful to an economy like this when we shut down air travel things like that absolutely these these uh, smaller countries emerging economies really really suffer boeing is slowly starting to claw back some of the billions have lost over the last yeah few years slowly so uh, next story this is a story that i never thought i'd see We'll be reading out. Uh, it comes to us from independent.co.uk, airporttechnology.com, shannonairport.ie, and AIN Online. And the headline, Liquids Rule for Hand Luggage Scrapped by Leading Irish Airport. And I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on this, guys, when I finish. Uh, 16 years after the Liquids Rule was introduced for airline passengers' cabin baggage, a leading Irish airport has dropped the 100 million, uh, 100 million, 100 milliliters size restriction on containers. Shannon Airport in the west of Ireland now allows passengers to take liquids, gels, pastes, lotions and cosmetics in containers of any size through the passenger security point. The liquids must be in resealable containers and Shannon specifies when passing through the passenger security point, you must place the cabin bag containing liquids at the very top of the items within your security screening tray. Uh, Passengers are warned, though, that other airports still restrict the size of liquid containers. Shannon has uh, busy links to the UK and Europe on the Ryanair and to Europe as uh, well as onto the US uh, with Aer Lingus. And Shannon was the first airport in the world with a duty-free shop which opened in 1947 didn't know that uh, the ban on liquids aerosols and gels known in aviation as lags l-a-g-s was brought in during 2006 following a full plan to blow up planes the plot involved assembling bombs in flight from ingredients brought through security global relations or regulations, I should say, currently ban anything that can vaguely be classed as a liquid except in containers under 100 milliliters. And a few little comments uh, from John. So at many airports, passengers must place laptops, computers, iPads, and other electronic items in separate trays as these items may be dense enough to conceal other items below them in hand luggage. Also in June 2019, Heathrow Airport announced a £50 million investment in a high-tech 3D kit that uses the same technology as medical scanners, uh, computed tomograph, tomography, or CT scans to assess whether any items present a threat. Now, the airport said uh, when fully developed, the equipment could end the need for passengers to remove their liquids from uh, their bags and laptops from cabin baggage when passing through security. Uh, the UK minister 
Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson later said that all U UK's airports were implement uh, to implement the technology by the 1st of December 2022. But the December the 1st 2022 deadline looks unlikely. No surprise there. Capital investment po uh, possibilities needed to complete this mandate in the current climate are un unlikely. And the government never clarified what major airports meant so that the promise was intentionally vague. Uh, though it was a good goal. So, I mean, it's only Shannon Airport that has stopped this. Shannon's um, a pretty, pretty major hub, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a pretty major hub. Mm. Or, okay, all right. I'm, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty major hub, but I'm getting noises in my ear that <laughs> it's about as major as Prestwick, apparently. Okay, all right. Well, you know, it's, you know. <laughs> okay. But liquids, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always stick my tub of ozine in the in the suitcase, but you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess I I don't know. It's um. But I mean, it was I mean, it was off the back of an incident, wasn't it? That's why this yeah it this was, whole was thing sort of them. happened. Uh, yeah. Not Beckles International. <laughs> no, so not Beckles International. <laughs> no. Right. That's okay. Twin 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 with with <laughs> London Norwich. <laughs> slightly bigger than slightly bigger than Beckles Airport, but not by much. Then apparently. What uh, do you think, Nev? But... Liquids. Well, yes, but only at one airport. What's the point? Mm. I either make the rule for all of the Irish airports, even if they're owned by different operators. And I don't know, I can't remember who does own Shannon compared to Dublin and all the rest of it. But um, again, opportunity for confusion and difficulty. I remember not that long ago, I put all my liquids in a bag at Heathrow. Um, and actually, this was when... Edinburgh and Heathrow were owned by the same company, British Airports Authority. That is, is a while ago, I, I concede. But they're the same operator, and I took my stuff in the um, uh, container, uh, the plastic bag. Heathrow, fine with it. I get to Edinburgh to come back, and uh, Edinburgh Airport says since in their security, oh, it's the wrong size bag. Hmm. Well, what size bag would you like then? You know. It's, <laughs> it, it, so, again, just... <clears throat> I... I <clears throat> It's part of my OCD, I'm sure, but I think they just need consistency across uh, all travel hubs, basically. And I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but I think they need to. Everybody um, needs to agree, don't go, they? Go I a mean, bit further with this. Yes, uh, John saying there is that um, oh. uh, that uh, Dublin are uh, sort of in talks to sort of trial it. Um, I mean, my my. Oh, they are currently trying it, trialing it. Sorry, I mean it's. But Armando, surely the the issue here is that it's like you almost need all of the airports to be singing from the same song sheet, don't you? But uh, I guess I'll kind of remind you guys. This is because of an evolution of technology. The threat has not gone away. Um, it's because there is now technology that enables you to scan the materials inside of the bottles, regardless of their size, to oh, determine okay. if they are if they are a threat or not. That's why that's why Heathrow, I think they're pumping, you know, what, $50 million into a 3D uh, kind of multispectral scanner system that'll allow the same thing to happen where Heathrow, you know, you won't have to take out your laptops and your and your liquids. But the the screening is still happening. It's just not a visual screening, which is eliminating a little bit of the human error on that. So. Wow. OK. Okay. So, moving on to the next story, Matt, we are moving to 
Brazil. Indeed, yes. Uh, so uh, several sources on this one. It's uh, terramntdigital.com. We've got metro.co.uk, timesnownews.com, and also the New York Post as well. A nine-year-old boy identified as Emmanuel Marquez. I hope that was okay to Olivia. Uh, uh, boarded alone without airfare, without documents, and without bags on a LATAM flight, uh, which uh, left uh, Manos Airport and headed to Sao Paulo International Airport. The airline and uh, Manos Airport Management Company are investigating how the child managed to travel. The civil police requested images from security cameras and also investigates the situation. In a statement, the civil police said that the child acted without the help of adults and before leaving did research on the internet on how to get on a plane unnoticed. They said that there was no history of violence in the family and the child is reported as saying that he simply wanted to live in Sao Paulo with uh, other family members believed he was aiming to visit his uncle in Campinas after a holiday there with his dad in January. After filing a report at the police station and starting to publicise her son's image on social media, the mother received a call from a, a LATAM employee around 10pm that same day informing her that the boy was at uh, ooh, now I might need help with this one. Sorry, uh, I want Garulios. to say Garulos. Garulos. Oh, you say it so well. Uh, airport, basically in San, Sao Paulo. Uh, the LATAM, uh, the LATAM said uh, in a statement, or LATAM, sorry, said in a statement, a minor, a minor was identified on flight LA three one six eight on Saturday afternoon, the twenty sixth of February twenty twenty two, which disembarked at nine minutes past nine in the evening. Uh, Garulos. Uh, the company called sorry in Garulos the company called the Federal Police and the Guardianship Council which sent him to a shelter to await the necessary procedures for his return to Manos uh, the the child was flown back to Manos the next morning now there is uh, a few videos here while, while I play this I mean guys I mean this is an incredible story surely I mean how did this happen it's uh, yes. It's uh, so we'll leave somebody more qualified than me to describe what's happening in in the well, video uh, for the audio. I versions. love uh, while you're pulling that up. Uh, James says in the chat room, "Where are your parents? No parents. Well, what about your bags? No bags. Seems legit. Go ahead, take a seat." <laughs> so there, as I say, there you can see him in in the airport there, um, sort of working his way through. The line there, look, nobody's sort of yeah, really... I mean, he looks like a traveller, yeah. He does look like it. He's got a little backpack. Um, I mean, he's I'm amazed. His, he's got his mask on. Well, I mean, that's that's that praise where yeah. praise, praise is due. As I say, literally just going through there, nobody... That's just crazy, isn't it? it, it I think they just assumed he was travelling with the person in front of them. Yeah. I suppose. I, I suppose it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because um, you would quite often have people... Uh, I, I suppose, yeah, you just sort of... I, I don't know, does it highlight perhaps how complacent some gate agents can be in terms of passport IDs and, and things like that? Perhaps I mean, they're, just, they're filming oh. a spin-off from the Home, uh, home Alone. A spin-off from Home Alone, <laughs> right, OK. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, sure, why not? Let's 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 go with that. But, uh, I mean, fortunately, obviously, no, you know, no real harm has, has come here. It's ever so sweet that he wanted to go and stay with his uncle. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just very bold to just, like, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, the kahunas, the kahunas on this young man are ridiculous. Let's, let's oh, I love Mash's comment. Oh, go on. If, if ever you need to get away with doing anything in any workplace, so Masha says, and he didn't even have a clipboard. <laughs> high-vis is... and a clipboard, you can get away with anything. Yeah, you can, uh, High-vis, high-vis, clipboard. Oh, and yeah. a Motorola. Yeah. yeah. Other, other uh, walkie-talkies that are available. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't oh, know, I've well. never done that before. <laughs> no, anyway, indeed. Moving on to okay. the next story, Mr. Uh, Mr. Barnes, you've got uh, a good one here. Because uh, uh, we know you do love a little tipple every now and again. Yes, and more importantly, it's for a flight uh, which I'm hoping to take back to our company HQ uh, next year. Uh, it's, this is on the simpleflying.com, uh, people.com and winemag.com. It says that uh, British Airways has announced a new partnership with Aviation American Gin to celebrate the carrier's new route to Portland, Oregon. Service to London Heathrow will operate five times a week from June the 3rd. Co-owned by Ryan Reynolds, the gin will be served on all transatlantic flights and offered from the in-flight menu and onboard Speedbird Cafe for short-haul customers. Uh, that doesn't really make sense because it's a long-haul flight to Portland. Um, but uh, K- uh, Gareth Williams, uh, International Brand Director at Aviation American Gin, said of the announcement, Though uh, through this partnership, we're keen to enhance each traveller's experience with a deliciously refreshing American gin cocktail for flyers to enjoy on journeys near and far, offering an American twist on this quintessentially British drink. Well, the flights will operate uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday from Portland PDX to London Heathrow. Customers on this route can expect uh, BA's Boeing 787-8 Dreamliner, which seats 214 passengers in a three-class configuration. Aviation American Gin was founded in Portland in 2006. Uh, The gin is infused with a democratic blend of botanicals, including cardamom, uh, coriander, French lavender, uh, aniseed, uh, uh juniper and two kinds of orange peel to create a smoother, softer, more refined take on gin. Uh, wine enthusiast uh, winemag.com has given the gin a 97 point rating, one of the highest ratings in its extensive listing listings. Well, the thing that's most important for me is that um, we can actually go from Heathrow to Portland PDX in one hit without having to trans uh, transgress through Seattle <laughs> or other uh, American <coughs> West Coast airports. So that's going to be quite a nice uh, change, actually. But looking forward to trying the gin uh, as well. So that'll be okay. good. Now, listen, for, for our culinary segment of this show, I love me some aviation gin. This is, we are not sponsored, although, although listen, aviation gin, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> you are more than welcome to sponsor us. But one of my, in fact, yeah, we should just get in touch with Ryan Reynolds himself and offer him, you know, if, if he's worthy to come on the show and, 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 and push this. But um, my, my absolute favorite drink in the world and the one I love to make the most at home is an aviation and and this is a drink if you haven't had it it goes all the way back to like 1917 but it's aviation gin uh creme de violette maraschino liqueur and lemon juice with uh with either a blueberry or a or raspberry or something like that comes out like a nice frosty purple drink aviation gin just makes that it's over the top it's the best drink you'll ever have 
And for all you aviation enthusiasts out there, I'm not pushing the name of the gin, but for aviation airplane enthusiasts, it's a great drink. And if BA starts serving aviation, uh, I will fly to Portland <laughs> so I can catch See you there. <laughs> the, the direct flight from Portland. Right. Uh, this is called a mica, right? Going from the East Coast right. to the West Coast so I can get to England. I'll pull now, a mica. I've got to remind everybody, of course, this, this, uh, the original schedule for this flight never happened because uh, BA scheduled it, and uh, which was very exciting for my company and for all of us that have to travel uh, to the West Coast, uh, to uh, Portland. Um, but it never happened because the pandemic came and BA pulled the flight uh, even before it started. But uh, now it's back up and running. So uh, uh, I noticed somebody I know quite well in the chat room, Stephen Patterson, he's already booked on it in June. So that's uh, great news, isn't it? <laughs> Superb. Yeah, Matt, was there a video that went along with this one? Oh, there was, yes, absolutely, yes. That, yeah. that was very good. Hello and welcome aboard British Airways. Please pay attention as I demonstrate, me, the safety features of this aircraft. This aircraft is equipped with Aviation American Gin. Please ensure that your seatbelt is fastened whenever drinking it. Spilling even one drop of the world's highest rated gin will result in you being duct taped to your seat for the remainder of the flight. In the event of loss of cabin pressure, Aviation Gin will automatically fall from the panel above your head. You're welcome. In the unlikely event of a water landing, flotation devices will be available and they will be amazing. This is starting to feel reckless. Okay, yeah, let's just stop, guys. We're going to stop now. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the audio speaks for itself, really. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, obviously, it's uh, uh, it's sort of very self-explanatory. He is, he is so good. Indeed, absolutely. Uh, Captain Ridiculous Witcher said, let's get the whole community to bug him on social media until he breaks and agrees to do the show. Oh, we can't get Ryan on. I won't be able to concentrate if we get Ryan, Ryan Reynolds on the show, for goodness sake. Uh, oh, you dear. know, if we get Ryan Reynolds on the show... Yeah. You're going to see Megan's hand is going to come from the side and like, yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see her face sitting right here. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Suddenly she's a huge yeah. fan of aviation gin. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you know, n nothing ventured, nothing gained and all that. So, it, you know, uh, well, I, it... I used to be a huge fan of this, the uh, game show uh, countdown in the UK many years ago. Yeah, no, we tried. Carol Vorderman said no, Carlos. We did yeah. try. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To be fair, the agent said no, not actually. Moving on, can I just say I sat one table away from her at Riyadh many years ago. Right. Okay. Can I just say, and, right. you, and you didn't invite her on then because she had lots of people around her wearing suits and. Yeah, what, what and you were and and you were yeah. in your pajamas? What? I, I, I don't really understand what's good. Anyway, okay. For right. those of you who don't know who Carol, Carol Vorderman is, Googler, just, just Google it's fine. Googler. Yeah, she's she's lovely. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's up there with Nigella Lawson. Moving great, on, great show. Moving great on. Show. Anyway, <laughs> the next story is all yours, Armando. Okay, so you've had an hour to think about it. Here I am at, in Lakeland, Florida is the undisclosed city that in Florida that I'm at. Um, I am actually, uh, today I visited 
the Sun and Fun campus, which is already being built by its volunteers just across the way there. Um, Sun and Fun, it's a aviation event that I've wanted to go to. I've never been to it. I've been to Oshkosh. I haven't been to, to Sun and Fun, but it's once again happening here in the skies over Lakeland, Florida from Tuesday to Sunday, April 5th through 10th, celebrating this annual camaraderie of aviation. This year's expo will also be celebrating the 75th anniversary of the United States Air Force, which will be highlighted by a demonstration by the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds in their first appearance uh, in their first appearance at the event since 2016. As a complete side note and ad-libbing to the story, I was in the hangar this morning where they are storing 90 barrels of smoke oil for the Thunderbirds. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are 90 55-gallon drums uh, of smoke oil in there. Anyway, 48th year uh, for this event. It's primary fundraiser for the Aerospace Center of Excellent, which I went to today. It enables the delivery of STEM-related and aerospace education programs, scholarships, uh, engaging over 50,000 local youth every year. And little known fact, there's actually a high school. There's the uh, Florida uh, Aviation Academy that's uh, in there. Sun and Fun, if you haven't been to it, it's a six-day aviation nirvana event for 225,000 attendees plus millions more via the internet. It's touted as the largest annual convention in the state of Florida, as well as the second largest general aviation event in the world behind Oshkosh. Uh, attendees are encouraged to take advantage of the training forums, hands-on workshops, aircraft demonstrations, so showcases, plenty of engaging activities for all of the public uh, of all ages to enjoy. I was actually debating today. I was like, hmm, April 5 through 10, maybe I'll take Maddie out of school for a day and uh, get the 182 and just fly down here. Um, but either way, uh, this year, there's uh, the theme is called Where It's At. Not proper grammar, I'm sure, but uh, they're expecting <laughs> over 500 exhibitors, uh, many plane manufacturers. There's uh, a three-day career fair. There's a national stoll competition, which is the same guys that come out to Reno. Uh, lots of food options, daily live entertainment, about 2,000 acres of fun here at the Lakeland Linder Airport. Um, so there you go. Um all kinds of stuff. There's uh, going to be, I don't know, maybe something a little bit close to my mind, uh, to my heart. The Air Force is bringing the Thunderbirds, as we said. There's going to be an A-10 uh, demonstration team. There's going to be C-17s. There's going to be all kinds of uh, multi-aircraft static displays. So, And there's the night shows, the night air show. If you haven't seen this, a bunch of us that were um, at the APG-3. 400, which one was Oshkosh? Or maybe it was just APG Oshkosh. Anyway, um, a bunch of us uh, aviation geeks were up there in Oshkosh when uh, APG had their thing and the night air show is just amazing. It's just, there's fire coming out of airplanes on purpose at night. <laughs> planned, just the coolest thing. Planned fire, yeah. Yeah, anyway, Google, um, you can go to FlySNF or FlySunandFun.org or just Google Sun and Fun. We'll see you there. I'm going to try to make it. How much is that to get in there, Armando, just as a matter of interest? Is it a free? Uh, funny that you have that. So a daily ticket general admission is $45. US If you are a member of any aviation association like the AOPA, EAA, that's $40. Active duty and retired military are $40. Youth is $20. Six and under is free. Or you can just get a weekly pass for 
$170 is the highest and they go down all the way down to, to $70 for the youth. You can also get preferred air show seating, preferred photo seating. Um, there's a, a chalet club, depending on what you want. And then there's a, uh, if you want to donate $5,000, there's an ace ambassador flight deck entry. Wow, so $45. It's about 34 quid for a ticket then, um, which is yeah. not that, it's not too bad actually, I suppose, for something that yeah. big. I mean, it's a, it's a huge event and uh, you can also camp. So there's RV camping, there's tent camping. Um, hotels here get a little bit, oh, sorry, there's airplane camping. So you can just fly down with a buddy and, and camp under the wing. It's also a I, I, I like how you've managed to sort of sneakily squeeze in a little bit of sort of a hint towards some military bits and pieces as part of the commercial, by the way, Armando. That that hasn't gone unnoticed. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <You're>... Oh <laughs> dear. I don't I know I know this is a little bit late, but if you really wanted to sneak in some military, you could put up the picture that I sent you guys earlier to the WhatsApp of that very unique airplane. I would be willing to bet that nobody can get that. Or we put it up now and then see if somebody in the military segment gets what this airplane is. Okay, all right. Do you remember that? We're going to pop that uh, up just before the caption this for get, to give people time oh, to go. have a look at that. Mm. Uh, John, if you could drop that in the folder for me, I would be eternally grateful. Lovely. So, I do love a little bit of production in On the Fly, always part of the that's fun. How we yeah. the that's, that's, how we, that's how we roll. Sorry, yeah. should have planned that. Anyway, so, speaking of alcohol. <laughs> this show yeah, seems I need to be... Some. This, this, tonight's show just seems to be purely based on alcohol. I mean, we normally do shows about food but this week seems to be all about all alcohol. about the beer so this one that comes just from cnbc.com and good news for any of our listeners who are in the u.s uh, especially if you fly out of charlotte quite a lot because uh, this is american airlines will resume alcohol sales on flights starting from april the 18th so american airlines said on thursday this week it will resume sales of alcohol beverages on domestic and short-haul international flights next month a plan it delayed almost a year because of a surge of unruly passenger attacks on crew members okay airlines stopped selling alcohol and paused food sales and service in march 2020 when the pandemic started and a travel demand plunged carriers have been steadily bringing back many of those services over the past year as travelers return in their droves american is the last major u.s carrier to bring back sales of beer wine and spirits which will sell in its domestic coach cabins starting on april the 18th this year at the date, the current federal mask mandate expires as well. It isn't clear whether the Biden administration will extend or end the requirement. Southwest Airlines restarted its alcohol sales last month. Drinking and disputes over the mask mandate have contributed to unruly behavior on flights. Flight, attend uh, flight attendant unions have said that uh, the sales will be available on American flights longer than 250 miles. It's a bit precise. Uh, alcohol beverages are complementary on Americans' long-haul international flights and in first class, similar to other major airlines. American and Southwest last May scrapped plans to start selling alcohol again after a surge in the disruptive, passenger, uh, disruptive passengers, as we've covered many times on this show, on crew, including a Southwest traveller who punched a flight attendant. Oh, I know we did cover that story as well on the show. Uh, American isn't raising its prices, though. 
compared with uh, before the pandemic, the spokeswoman told CNBC. Spirits such as new arrival aviation gin, as we were talking about earlier on the show, rum, vodka and whiskey will be $9. Wine servings are also available, uh, Nev, at $9. And you can also get a nice beer, Matt, for $8 as well. An American is also bringing back buy-on-board food, which will start with flights longer than 1,500 miles, about three and a half hours, uh, starting with chips and almonds. Why chips and almonds? I think they mean crisps and almonds. It's an American thing, isn't it, for chips and crisps? Uh, the airline says it will start offering touchless ordering later on this year. Last month, American and Delta Airlines announced the return of hot meals to first class on many domestic flights. So, good news, Armando, American. You can, yeah. you can, you can now get back to having a good old beer. What, what could go wrong? Because we still have mask rules in place. And I love when the flight crew is, is, says, well, you're, you're more than welcome to remove your mask for short periods to drink or eat. So now that they're serving alcohol, I just need to spend the entire flight like this with my mask on drinking. And then I'll just do that for all three and a half hours. And then I'm legal with the mask mandate, right? <laughs> or just leave the mask on while you drink. It will filter the drink for you. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh I'm not sure that's sanitary. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, okay. So, Nev, over to you for this next story and another story that tickled me when i read it earlier on uh, yes I, th I think these some of these stories that i'm supposed to read out have been chosen especially for me to add sarcastic comments at the end <laughs> and, and this one is no exception uh this was from uh, wbz news radio uh foxbusiness.com and boston25news.com uh, it says that dozens of passengers were stuck on a jet blue flight because the airline didn't have anybody on staff who could operate the jet bridge. Uh, the flight departed from JFK in New York City late on Monday, March the 14th, and uh, landed at Worcester Regional Airport in Massachusetts early on Tuesday morning. Uh, as the plane taxied to the gate, the pilot told the passengers they would not be able to disembark. It was silence. Then the pilot said, I have something embarrassing to tell you guys. There is no one to get you off the flight, uh, passenger Sabrina Ruel uh, told WCVB. Uh, they had no staff available to get us off the airplane. According to WFTX, the employee trained to safely operate the jet bridge went home early after feeling sick. Uh, state police were called to the airport to assist, but officials managed to get a hold of the JetBlue manager at their home. The manager rushed to the airport and was able to operate the jet bridge. Uh, after about 45 minutes, the plane parked at the gate and the passengers were able to disembark without incident. JetBlue <laughs> says it's investigating the matter. We are working with our business partner, who operates our ground team in Worcester, to t determine why a crew member was not in place at the jet bridge to ensure that the remains uh, this remains an isolated incident, a spokesperson for JetBlue said in a statement. Our records show customers on JetBlue Flight 676 on Monday were required to wait 45 <gasps> minutes to deplane after landing. Uh, while we comply with all Department of Transport regulations in the event of a tarmac delay, we know any delay is a frustrating situation and apologise for the wait. <laughs> I've got three things to say about this. Firstly, uh, doors to manual and cross-check. Could have just, you know, jumped out the slide. Um, without any problem at all. Um, 
And the other two things is I remember being at uh, Dallas Fort Worth, um, oh, probably mid 90s, I think. And uh, same situation happened there. I think I was there for an hour. And then at uh, Orlando, it was a Virgin flight. Um, we couldn't actually dock up to the gate because there was one of those four o'clock p.m. Uh, Orlando thunderstorms. And they didn't want us to put on the, uh, to hook up to the gate. So hour and 15 minutes slightly away from the gate, uh, tantalizingly close but not able to disembark the aircraft. So 45 minutes, pff, you know, take it or leave it. Neil Amwarn makes a comment in the chat room. Um, the employee, they've only got one person trained. Apparently so, yeah. That's, yeah that's, poor that's poor that's Jet Blue's getting a bad rap for this, but it's probably a third party, you know, like... Yeah. Like, Yes, it's not going to be JetBlue's staff, is it? Pro well, no. probably not, I, I would imagine. It would be no, a, a, a ground-handling company, wouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, sorry, I just I just seen come up on, on, I think Mark is saying in on the WhatsApp here, he said, uh, sounds like my daft truck that locked me out last night uh, at midnight with keys in the ignition. Has Carlos had this problem? There you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I drive an Italian-built truck. Oh good dear, I, good old Iveco. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Though, as you say, because it it just sort of seems very strange that uh, they they must have known that this plane was coming. So why the that you know, I don't know. I, there, there must you have think been you'd a have solution. More than one person. Well, but also, I mean, it's like okay, all right. So if the jet bridge doesn't work, surely you could it's you could simply move them to another gate and and use uh, an air you know air stairs or something like. You know, there must have been. Um, a solution to this what am i missing we don't really have that here in the u.s because it's a secure area it's a cita so you can't um you can't just pull an air stair unless it's an emergency of course but yeah. you can't just call up and, and get an air stair up to the to the airplane because now all those passengers are are in a portion of the ramp that is not secure or safe for them um and then to to put the airplane somewhere else on the airport in, in worcester um you would have had to do some serious coordinating of okay well now we're gonna are we gonna park at the fbo they may have air stairs that do that can reach up to the airbus door level but then what do you do with all those passengers who have been screened now they have to go through security screening again uh yeah it would have been i think the pilots probably went through all these uh, possible de decisions and outcomes and just decided we'll wait with the engines running or the APU running and wait for the, the airport staff to sort it out. I bet you the flight crew is just as frustrated. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Because as you say, you, you've, you've done a full flight. All I'm sure all any cabin crew wants to do is is just basically get back to the hotel and even if it's just have a shower and a bite to eat, you know what I mean? It's just desperate to, uh, well, yeah, to but, get... You know, JFK to Worcester is not exactly a long haul sector, is it? No, no, yes. admittedly, yes, okay, but, no fair. Yeah. <laughs> am I am I not I'm not feeling the love here? Am I? So, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just think a forty-five minute delay is kind of just normal for yeah. so many situations. Uh, really, I'd, uh, I'd be happy with a delay if, if, I like, the, if the aircraft was stopped and you were allowed onto the flight deck. For I, I like I like Dirk's comment. Sorry, uh, John, if you could pop that one back uh, where he was saying that uh, it was. So 45 minutes is uh, half the average taxi time at JFK. So it's just like, you know, yeah, nothing sure. unusual there. And then moving on to the next one, I think, that John had. 
which was uh, Stephen Patterson is saying 45 minutes sounds like arrival into EDI. You know, such a su- Edinburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, true. such a surprise an airplane arrives. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Indeed. One Always last a surprise. Point that Mike, one last point that Micah makes, which is very, very um, good, is that at least the doors were closed, so the flight crew got paid, as did, as did the cabin crew. Oh, is that, is, is that how it works? Literally simple as that. Yeah. Chuck to chuck. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, so, wow. Armando, you have got the special last story, and then finally story. Yeah, from the HollywoodReporter.com and AvWeb.com, as well as all of social media right now, if you have any airplanes on your feed, two pilots are going to attempt to swap airplanes in flight in a made-for-TV stunt that will air live on April 24th. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Red Bull Air Force member Luke Aikens and his cousin Andy Farrington will take a pair of Cessna 182s to 14,000 feet, push them into a synchronized dive. The autopilots in the aircraft have been rigged to hold the aircraft in vertical dives with the help of custom air brakes that fold out from the belly, according to the showbiz publication, as Matt has there in the picture. Um, They will then cut the engines, exit the aircraft, and maneuver to the other's aircraft in time to restart the engine, recover from the dive, and land. The stunt is called plane swap. (laughs) Sounds like like a Netflix show. Uh, plane swap and will be covered live on Hulu. Oh, well, there you go. In the US and on Red Bull TV at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on April 24th. According to Akins, he says, uh, This is the pinnacle of my career, <laughs> and my goal is to inspire the world and show that anything is possible. Uh, he also said, you, If you set your mind on anything, uh, on something that seems wild crazy and unattainable through ambition and creativity you can make it happen there you go so uh he's also the same guy that uh, jumped out of an airplane did a free fall into a big net without a parachute if you guys remember that what that was somewhere out west yeah he jumped out of an airplane and landed in a net in 2016 right a few comments did make coming it. in the chat room a few comments oh was there yeah yeah <laughs> okay uh, uh, so we have a question from Micah first. Yeah, of all, we'll start Micah. with that. Armando, you can answer this one. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. How is this possible? I bet you they have an exemption. Um, they they have to do an exemption to the rules for this. It's a it's a waiver, and uh, any air show event, parachuting event, any stunt like this, you actually have to submit months and months in in, in advance um, a waiver to the FAA. It's not the 7110, I, uh, 7710. Um, it, it might be the 7710. It's a, it's a, it's an exemption to the rules. And in there, you have to put in there what your uh, contingency plans, emergency, your risk management, your um, first aid plans, what should all your, every, should everything go wrong? How, and then, that, Micah, you'll get a, a kick out of this. But in that form, you put, here are the rules that we intend to break. Oh. And... <laughs> And here are the rules that that we need an exemption from. And so I'm sure for this event, like many of the other Red Bull craziness, um, there's probably like page after page and a separate addendum of here are all the rules that we intend to break. Can you please, pretty, pretty, pretty please approve it? <laughs> but that, that's how that goes. That's how stuff like this happens. Apparently, Neil Lamborn says that Bond did it years ago. Yeah, he did it into the, into the Pilatus Porter. And 
and he did that in uh, in front of Mount Pilatus. But and of course, presumably, I mean, you know, obviously James Bond didn't actually do it, but presumably some stunt people actually did. Oh no, no, it was a real stunt because when I was at the yeah. Pilatus factory in uh, March of 2019, the uh, one of the guys were, was they have pictures of this up on the Pilatus factory, and uh, of course this was a highlight. I should imagine, you know, in the <laughs> in the nineties, right? When when yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they did it all at the Pilatus factory in front of Mount Pilatus, which was in the background to the shot, and and yeah, they jumped into. It. Now that was a little bit different because there was a pilot in the airplane flying the airplane and a nosedive. I'm on though. Alan Porter. White has got a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> let's see one takeoff with zero landings on the first aircraft and zero takeoff with uh yeah. how, one landing on the second aircraft <laughs> how, how do you record it in the logbook is essentially what alan is asking yeah one takeoff with zero uh, landing on the first aircraft yeah no, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna generate a headache isn't it? that's gonna well, i think what we've learned here is this is going to generate significant paperwork <laughs> yeah and richard adams good point the guy that crashed his uh taylor craft Air quotes deliberately. It probably did not do the exemption to the to the rules. <laughs> Quite, yeah, indeed. No, we'll anyway. see in the safety report. So that brings the uh, commercial show uh, to a end, or commercial segment to an end. And uh, Armando, you've got uh, that picture, haven't you, to uh, pop up on the screen for people to try and guess what that picture was, aren't you, Armando? Uh, Matt, did you get it? I did. Or yeah, you're ready it? to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So the only way I can describe this, Matt, as you pop it up there, is it's a jet. It's a fighter jet. It is a Navy jet. And it doesn't have wheels. It's also got extendable water skis. And this is sitting outside of that um, Florida Air Museum, which we were talking about at the Lakeland Linder Museum. So if you guys can guess you're, i'm going to give you the entire military segment to get to guess <laughs> what kind of airplane that is now it is a kind of a giveaway you should be able to i bet you the ah gb's model zone already got it <laughs> you get you get the gold star it is a c dart a yf2y uh navy concept of uh fighter jet on skis I, I think I think I can say is to say uh, John, John had even blown out the uh, the the tail uh, number so yeah. that people couldn't uh, couldn't. It do was it a giveaway. So yeah, absolutely interesting. Yeah, it's been blurred. Yeah, yeah. It's blurred no, out. I, they it, still got it. Look, oh, good job, John. But um, yeah, GB's <laughs> yeah. model zone. Micah got the sea dart. So well done, guys. Ah, that makes me so proud. My military enthusiasts. <laughs> oh, he's like it's like a proud dad, isn't he? He's very like happy. Like the Pied Piper. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we keep this going with the with the military and the pictures? Oh, yes. Nev, is there like a neck? Yeah, caption this is yeah. uh, military and yeah. a picture. It so, is. Armando, what is uh, going to go far away with this week's caption? Well, this, I just want to make sure we haven't lost Nev. Nev, are you oh, still no, in there? No, I'm, I'm thoroughly uh, engaged. As you can his, uh, his wearable <laughs> pulse oximeter has a, a heart rate of 49 right now. Oh, I'm, I'm right <laughs> out of it. So laid back. <laughs> All right. So, let's see. This is our, our uh, this week's caption this. And let's see. For the audio guys, I can describe this as, well, there's a red light. Uh, it is on 6th Street. What city is uh, unknown, but there is apparently an F-15 at the middle of an intersection 
somewhere in Georgia. Uh, I mean, it is coming out of a Chevy Buick GMC Cadillac dealership. It is a five-star dealership. <laughs> um, but yeah, Come, no kidding. Covers everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's an F-15 coming out. There's a police car behind it uh, or two. So maybe it's getting maybe it's getting pulled over. And there is a KC, a KC-135 in the background. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's the audio description. Indeed. Uh, Carlos, you want to take us to some of the captions for this week? Yeah, we got some mega interest in this uh, caption this this week. And uh, first one, kicking off with John, who says uh, Gibraltar gets an unexpected... This is a good one for Nev, actually. Gibraltar gets an unexpected visitor when the senior air traffic controller at Gibraltar said they were going to deal with bird strikes by employing an eagle. This isn't what the public ex- expected. <laughs> is, that, that, is, is that an eagle, then? Is that an F... F15, yeah, it's an F-15. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. Uh, you want to go with the next one, Armando? Yeah, James says, with soaring fuel pl- prices, pilots are coming up with new ways of commuting to and from the airbase <laughs> using government-funded fuel. Quite right, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Nev? Uh, Bernard says, Dad, pull over, I need to wee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dirk is saying, don't worry, they said, GPS is way more precise than the military, they said. <laughs> and uh, some some chap who some guy some uh, some guy called geezer, Armando yeah, some yeah. geezer called Armando says the prize for the best float in the Christmas parade goes to the Georgia Air National Guard. Very good. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Paul says should have turned left in Albuquerque. <laughs> I like that. And uh, Andrew says turn right onto Taxiway Highway Fifty Nine. <laughs> Chris says, I hate when the check engine light comes on. Guess I need to stop and call the club now for a tow. I just bought it and drove off the lot. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Sturman uh, says, uh, sticking one up to the VTOL aircraft. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee says, sorry, mate, you can't park that there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jonathan says, uh, uh, taking home your latest eBay bargain. Yeah, that, that sounds like something. That's Carl, yeah, yeah, I can say that would be Carl. Yeah, we know someone would, that might yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and finally, Matthew, not me, uh, not that one. Uh, amazing what you can buy at a used vehicle dealership these days. <laughs> <laughs> I got some from the chat room. Go on. Yeah, Micah in the chat room says, heavy traffic today along the F-15. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favourite, actually. Possible. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's my Richard favorite. Richard Adams says maybe it's lining up for a drag race. <laughs> cool. oh, that would be one hell of a drag race. Can you imagine what kind of a drag yeah. race would that be? Oh, oh I Richard, think, did... I like Richard. <laughs> Richard Adams. <laughs> oh yeah, you can read uh, that. One. <laughs> I think Nev should read Richard Adams one. <laughs> um. Yes, uh, think he felt the need for weed rather than speed. <laughs> oh, oh dear! <laughs> yeah. It is legal in Georgia, right? Oh God, well there we go. Oh That's, my word! That'll be why then. Uh, <laughs> so don't forget for the uh, for those of you who enjoy our caption this every week, uh, check out our Facebook page. If you haven't already found us on Facebook, search for us Plain Talking UK. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook. And on Wednesday, um, we'll be popping up another. Uh, caption this picture for you to comment on uh, which we'll read out and uh, look at on next week's show on friday so thanks for everyone who tuned in no we don't but actually john just asked whether we put it on twitter as well no we don't we, we could put it on twitter we should as well, do we should do as well yeah, yeah absolutely okay. we'll, we'll work so that out. Uh, 
Thanks to everyone who uh, commented uh, on this week's picture. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so, uh, Armando, we're going to stay with you for the next part of the show. Oh, man. I don't know if the the show is centered on gin, Ryan Reynolds, or military this week. <laughs> but let's keep it going. Matt, hit the button. Flash up, buggies, one, three, five, fifty, angel, I gotta admit, I'm still so proud of my of our chat room. The Sea Dark. They got the Sea Dark so fast. Oh. What an odd aircraft. Anyways, uh, from defensenews.com, a Leonardo jet trainer aircraft crashed in the Italian Alps, killing one, unfortunately. An M346 uh, jet trainer aircraft was undergoing flight test by the manufacturer, Leonardo. It crashed in northern Italy, calling the, uh, causing the death of one of the two pilots on board. Both pilots managed to eject from the aircraft before it crashed into a mountain, but one of them, a British civilian pilot, was actually uh, succumbed to his injuries, while the other one, uh, the, an Italian employee of Leonardo, survived with light injuries, according to the company. The aircraft, which was due for delivery to an export customer, took off from their facility in Venegano um, Superiore at uh, 11 a.m. on Wednesday. In a statement, Leonardo said that the flight plan included trials aimed at demonstrating specific capabilities which had already been tested during several flights and already carried out in the past. It added that at 11.35 a.m., uh, contact with the aircraft was lost. The uh, aircraft actually crashed into Mount Legone, uh, Legnone, uh, with near Lake Como, prompting rescue services to search for the ejected pilots on the slopes of the mountain. Uh, according to Leonardo, the uh, pilot who survived was a test pilot while the British victim was an instructor pilot outsourced from an external company. They also issued a statement that said the Leonardo top management expressed their most heartfelt condolences for the loss of the pilot. Um, now this uh, aircraft was, uh, all they said was that it's supposed to be an export aircraft to an overseas customer. Leonardo signed a deal last year to sell six jets to Qatar, while Greece is also set to purchase 10 of them as part of a deal with Israel to set up its own flight school. Another six aircraft were ordered in a light fighter version by an unnamed overseas customer thought to be Turkmenistan. Um, similar story from Reuters.com, uh, Taiwan grounded its Mirage fighter fleet after another jet crashed into the sea. Uh, this was from March 14th. Taiwan's aircraft, uh, like I said, grounded the entire fleet of Mirage 2000s. Um, it is the second combat aircraft loss in the space of three months. We did talk about the other one on the on the show, although this time the pilot was rescued. The, the Air Force said that the French-built aircraft took off just after 10 a.m. on a training mission <coughs> from um, uh, Chihang Air, Air Base in the uh, southeastern city of Taitung and reported that it had to return after a mechanical problem. The pilot ended up ejecting over the uh, in the water south of the airbase and was rescued in safe and, and good condition by a helicopter. Uh, the Taiwanese Air Force Inspector General uh, told reporters that the Mirage fleet would be grounded while an investigation was carried out. 
Uh, Taiwan received its first of 60 Mirage jets in 1997, though they have been upgraded several times since then. Six in total have been lost to accidents. We talked about this on the show in January. Uh, the Air Force suspended combat training for much of its larger F-16 fleet after a recently upgraded model of the fighter jet crashed into the sea, killing the pilot. Um, and then, you know, you can go back and listen to that story. But um, last year, two F-5s, we talked about that one too. F-5 fighters also uh, with the Taiwanese Air Force since the 1970s crashed into the sea after they collided in a mid-air training mission, um, also from the same air base. So, yeah, lots of... Uh, operations going on right now they're you know military operations always dangerous operations and and as fleets tend to age they you know there's a lot of things that can go wrong so unfortunate but it is part of the military aviation business story <laughs> yeah um now this next story carlos is yours this is a there's a video that goes along with this and some pictures this was a uh, pretty interesting coming out of the ukrainian conflict yeah, there is. I watched the video to this actually earlier on today. It's um, that's a good actually, good very good quality video actually. Uh, this one comes through for, from the businessinsider.com. Uh, Russia's released a video of a combat jet that was hit by a missile over the Ukraine and made it back to the base. Footage released by the Russian Ministry of Defense early on March the fourteenth. Uh, this year proves once again how sturdy the Sukhoi Su-25 Frogfoot can be. The clip shows the aircraft taxiing with significant damage reportedly caused by a man-pads or man-portable air defence system that hit the jet on the right-hand side of the fuselage. Indeed, the uh, infrared homing missile usually hits the engine nacelle's rear fuselage area where the temperature of the exhaust plume is higher, and the Su-25 is not new to such events. There are plenty of photos and stories that you can find online of Frogfoot aircraft that have survived direct hits of uh, 9K38 LGLA stingers and other manpads during conflicts around the world. Anyway, today's image are a reminder of both of the impressive damage and tolerances of the Su-25 and the threat posed to Russian aircraft operating at medium and low altitude over the battlefields by manpads operated by the Ukraine forces. Since the beginning of the Russian invasion, at least six uh, Su-25s have been confirmed lost in the Ukraine. Uh, dealing with the most recent event, the Russian MOD posted a video that shows the extent of the damage uh, to this Su-25SM, according to some sources, it was operating from an airfield in Belarus. Uh, there's also a brief account of the incident you can find roughly translated uh, on the video. While performing a combat mission in the zone of a military operation, the Su-25 attack aircraft, which is uh, second in the pair, was hit by a missile from a manned portable air defence system fired from the ground by servicemen of the armed forces of the Ukraine. Uh, the pilot of the damaged aircraft assessing the situation decided to turn off the damaged engine and not leave the aircraft. The pilot of the leading first plane, Lieutenant Colonel Denis Litnov, realising that the Comrade's plane would, uh, could not withstand a second missile hit, covered it with his own aircraft. The pilot of the second aircraft visually detected the launch of the second missile and firing off flares managed to divert the missile to the side. During the landing approach, the pilot of the damaged Su-25 reported an avionics and control systems failure, but managed to land thanks to the assistance provided by the covering uh, the pilot covering him. 
Uh, the landing was uneventful, and thanks to the cold-blooded and skillful actions of the pilot, Dennis Litnov, he managed to save the life of his friend and the combat aircraft. Both of the pilots uh, are presented for state awards as well. Um, it's safe to say that the damage on that aircraft was quite extensive from that um, missile, Armando. And you're on mute. Yeah, the, the Su-25 is essentially the Russian equivalent of the A-10. It's designed to just, you know, take a hammer and, and the, the, just like the A-10, the pilot sits in a, in a little armored tub, but it, it can, the Su-25 specifically has about 1,100 kilograms of armor, titanium armor. Um, and, and this airplane can fly, you know, just like the A-10, like we saw last year, we did a story on an A-10 pilot that lost both hydraulic systems, uh, bought, lost both, both engines, no gear landing, I think even lost the canopy or something like that. Um, but these missiles, if you can imagine these missiles, both the, the IGLA, which is like a SA-16, SA-18, up to SA-24, and the Stinger missiles, they've got different, they're about the size of a, of a dining room table, right? So if you that's about how long they are and probably, you know, round the size of a soccer ball is in, in diameter. And these things have different ways of causing damage to an aircraft. Some of them are designed to hit the aircraft, then explode. Some of them are designed to track into the infrared signature of the, the heat from coming from the engine and basically go right up the, the tailpipe. Um, other ones can kind of lead the airplane a little bit and try to hit the fuselage. Some of them have delayed fusing where it can hit the aircraft, basically create a big hole, go into it and then explode. And then it's designed to not just explode with the warhead, but also detonate any remaining fuel that's in this basically dining room table size uh, stick that's coming at you. Um, so you can see in the pictures here that this aircraft, um, judging from the, the, the damage pattern, it either actually hit the, the aft section of the engine or did an air burst where, where uh, some of the fragments probably took out the, the exhaust cone and hit the side of the aircraft. And there's a, there was another picture, a different angle that showed the, the, the tail, the, the elevator of the airplane, the horizontal stabilizer was actually completely like crooked and, and offset, which probably made maneuvering the aircraft a little bit difficult, but they got it back down on the ground. Uh, the pilot did that interview. Of course, the interview is propaganda, but um, it just goes to show, you know, it's, you don't get a lot of pictures like this nowadays of, of aircraft damage caused by, uh, by a, you know, something like an Igla or a, or a Stinger missile. Now, Amanda, you've got the, uh, the last story uh, all about the Marine F-35s. Yeah, this, uh, not just F-35s, but this is F-35s, F-117s, believe it or not, they're still flying. We've seen them. Do you, do you remember when we did that? A couple, uh, I guess it was last year where the first images were leaked of uh, F-117 flying. But this story actually has all, every aircraft in the Marine Corps inter inventory. Um, th and this did come from the drive.com aviation assets from the U U.S. Marine Corps' third air Marine, uh, Marine air wing outside of San Diego conducted their annual Winter Fury exercise during the first few weeks of uh, February. Uh, Winter Fury is the largest marine aviation exercise on the West Coast, and it allowed the uh, third 
air wing to execute its warfighting by testing and stressing some of these emerging concepts. As you can imagine, looking at the conflict over in Europe, they've probably made some adjustments as to how the uh, scenario of the exercise goes. But, uh, you know, pretty far removed from the counterinsurgency operations from the prior, the prior two decades, uh, Winter Fury 22 is focused on the, I love this world, this word, interoperability in a contested maritime environment against a modern peer state adversary. If you can imagine, that's probably code word for somebody like Russia. Um, it showed, showcased the Marine Corps' shift to getting ready for a possible confrontation, uh, both in Europe and the Pacific. Uh, this included F-35Bs flying against F-117 stealth fighter aggressors. They were using uh, mock long-range strikes up in Washington state. They seized an airfield making rapid runway repairs, other unique training events that have never seen before, at least not publicly. Um, looking at this, uh, the third air wings uh, area of operations is the Pacific. So looking at a map of the Indo-Pacific regions, uh, you realize that, that US bases on Guam and Okinawa are over 1500 miles from, from some of the contested islands in the South China Sea. Uh, so training for long range strikes becomes vitally important. So this exercise started off with three uh, MV-22s flying to uh, a snowy covered Grant County Municipal Airport in Moses Lake, Washington. Um, then from M uh, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, just outside of San Diego, they secured the airfield, set up the perimeter. The F-35 came in. They did uh, an 1,100 mile journey from Washington, which included aerial refueling from KC-130Js. They set up a FARP. A FARP is a forward area arming refueling point. So this is basically a, an austere location gas and a gas station and, and rearming point. Uh, they reloaded some air-to-air -air missiles and then headed out for local training missions before returning to uh, Yuma uh, that same day. Now, if you think about the geography of what I just said, they went from Washington State to San Diego out to Yuma, Arizona. That's a pretty big chunk of real estate as here in the U.S. Um, so all of this is exercising the Marines' uh, expeditionary air advanced base operations and um, yeah, like, like I was saying a little bit earlier, the art, this, this article in the drive went on and on, had a pretty good summary of the exercise, but it also included the MV-22s flying information with the UH-60s and included uh, special operations forces, joint terminal attack controllers, basically everything in the Marine Corps inventory was poured into this Winter Fury 2022. I'm sure it was a uh, aviation enthusiast and photographer's dream uh, being out there, especially being able, you know, Matt put up a picture of, of F-35s flying in formation with F-117s. Pretty sure that's never happened. So <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Alan White in the chat room says great photos. I agree. They're Department of Defense photos, but um, very, very cool. Um, <clears throat> interesting. You know, the Marines aviation. We don't talk about Marine aviation very much. Thank you for that, Armando. Always uh, good to have the stories in. I know it's uh, Nev's favorite part of the show. He's there. Um, Can, we, totally. know him more. Yeah. Can we check yeah. his heart rate again? Yeah. He's there. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> Wait, there's an empty bottle of aviation gin in the background. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. No, we had, uh, we, had a, we had a little meet up this week, as we said at the, just at the top of the show, me, uh, Matt and Nev. Nev came down to see us on Wednesday and we uh, got together, didn't we, and had a, 
had a little drinky and a bite to eat. Yeah, which, it was nice. Which was absolutely nice. We had it's a still a long way. It's, it well, is actually, a long way. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's only, I think it's 134 miles, mm. but it's such a long 134 miles. Agreed, you, yeah. You, you get to Bury St Edmunds, you think, oh, I'm nearly there, but you're not. No, no, no. no you've got another 40 miles. Do you know what it is? I think, I think the biggest problem is, is I mean, you know, we, we were saying actually at dinner, weren't we? It's like, you know, the, the duelling of the A11 really did change Norfolk's life. Do you know what I mean? Because it became quite that. But as I say, if, especially if you're coming across from Bury St Edmunds, it is, it's, it's 45 minutes from Bury St Edmunds. The distance is very, very small. But of course, the roads are horrendous. There's, I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no other way of putting it, is it? Really? Also, couldn't, I, I had to go to Norwich as well, and I couldn't help no, noticing as I pulled into the uh, McDonald's car park oh. there, just off oh, the roundabout, dear. how many uh, boy racer types there were with uh, modified small hatchback cars and large exhausts. Yes, but what you have to bear in mind, Nev, is that uh, because it is a small community to which we live in, there isn't really a great deal of entertainment uh, going around. And so one of the ways that we do that, and I have to confess, uh... as someone who used to have a little Mark One Fiesta that was souped up beyond its means, uh, <laughs> it was a great way of passing several hours of uh, event. You know, it, it kept us amused for days, essentially. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was uh, eye-opening, I have to say, <laughs> completely. But uh, no, it was good to, uh, good to see you guys, and uh, yeah, nice, nice to get together. Yeah, so we uh, we're, we're planning on uh, hopefully this year attending a few air shows. We had a dis- good discussion on air shows and stuff for this year, and uh, we, we're kind of in, a, uh, in agreement uh, within the group here in, in the UK uh, that we're going to try and uh, get to some of the more kind of more rural local. Uh, air shows aren't we around uh, in and around the UK uh, but me and Nev uh, will be off to the Jersey National Air Show on the 8th of September yes yeah. looking forward to that yeah. it's just a, a, an afternoon isn't it in fact um, yeah so uh, but yes taking the video gear with us and hoping to get some interviews and hoping to get some uh, airside action as well mm. that uh, show actually covers Guernsey as well so the, oh wow show itself is is going to be out at guernsey and then jersey yeah uh, but uh, yeah looking forward to that very yeah much over in september so mm. uh, but we'll have uh, more details as and when we uh, decide where we're going to head off to uh, throughout this year and the summertime because hopefully if if the weather we've had over the last few days is anything can go by hopefully the summertime will be quite nice it's quite ad- well adequate i think is the word we're looking yes, for adequate very much so Indeed. So social media links, then we're going to start to wrap up the show for this week. Uh, but uh, social media links, we're going to uh, run through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, search for Plain Talking UK on there. Our WhatsApp number is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. If you want to send us a picture or an audio message or a video message, uh, feedback, we love to hear some feedback from you guys and girls who listen to the show because we do love some feedback you can send that through on that number uh, you can also email us podcast at plaintalkinguk.com if you want to send us an email we'd love to hear from you there as well and don't forget as well our website all w's.plaintalkinguk.com is where to go uh, you'll find on there more info about all the team on there and also you'll see the links to the shows the youtube links as well and also on our website is the link to patreon as well if you want to become a patreon of the show uh, and donate a small amount of uh, pocket change as we like to say uh, you can also use the paypal link to make one-off donations as well to the show which we all 
very much gratefully uh, um well it, it all helps to push the show forward absolutely uh, each week when we come live to you also on there is our link to the shop where you can treat yourself to a ptuk t-shirt uh, which is a glorious cotton t-shirt with embroidered ptuk logo on the front uh, with print on the back and you'll, you can also get yourself a ptuk mug which you can use to drink tea coffee or even aviation gin if right. you wish, yes. wish to <laughs> okay. and uh, so all the links are on our website actually you so say that we're talking about way. merchandising there i uh, out of the blue i've had communications from two people this week who've expressed an interest in a baseball cap oh blimey and uh, one other person also mentioned that we need to hurry up and make the military mug that we keep promising that we we're going to do so uh, yeah yes. we need to try and squeeze that into our schedules at some point as well absolutely mugs. well we do have a, as i say and also we need to name our little characters don't we really i think we need to yes we 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 put our heads together we're going to get a competition or competition put together absolutely uh, to name to name our mascots for the um... uh, the military one oh apparently the military one does have a name Oh, the military one does. But our main P2K logo doesn't have a name yet. No, that's true. No. That's true. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. So, I, I digress before, we, uh, yeah. before we all head off back <laughs> into to, the uh, sunset, into yeah. the sunset, a uh, quick round robin of what's going on with the team this week. And we'll start with Mr. Bounds. Ah, yes. Well, next week I'm off to Edinburgh for a couple of days uh, on business. And whilst I'm there, uh, I'm going to have the pleasure of uh, meeting up with Logan Lynch oh, cool. and his wife, um, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. I think Logan has had to get a passport. I don't think he's ever had a passport before. Oh, from what wow. I understand. Uh, so he's coming over. He's actually going to be in London, I think. Uh, early part of this week and then he's going to Edinburgh so uh, I was able to synchronise some customer visits uh, and um, see him for dinner in the evening with his wife so uh, really looking forward to that and uh, some uh, Terminal 5 bacon Action. rolls oh, right. coffee <laughs> bacon slumming rolls. it in the lounge, oh, yes. in the lounge. how will you cope <laughs> and uh, Mr Smith what are you doing this week uh, not a lot really not a lot I don't think um, busy old weekend ahead, I think. Uh, mostly preparing for a live. Uh, oh yes, we need to remember. I, I need to uh, remind. I'm not here next week, by the way, Carlos. So we need to bear that in mind. We need to come and press buttons in the studio next week. Oh, I look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a treat for everyone. Yes, lots of editing. Don't just bear that in mind, John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks. But for that'll that. be fine. Yes, yes. Because I've got a, I've got a, we've got a sort of like a bit of a leaving do for somebody, um, who's our manager, who's been a manager for a long time. We're, we're all going out for a meal, uh, basically. So one, I can't really. Sounds hideous. See, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be horrendous. Yeah, in, in a very, very famous place in Norwich uh, for a bite to eat. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But that's probably the highest like really as i say busy weekend other than that um carlos what are you up to oh uh what am i up to next week well i mean my week is just so filled with excitement no it is actually filled right. with excitement because <laughs> okay uh, it glad, is filled glad with excitement I because <laughs> I, I i i am very lucky in that, in that i do get to see a quite a lot of aviation um fun during my uh, my days uh, it right. albeit if i'm at work at the uh, at our base where the uh, aircraft as i said before the apaches the c-130s and the ospreys tend to use our airfield as a 
staging ground, I think, right. or something. And uh, also, obviously, when I go to my other pickup and delivery point uh, over at uh, Beckles, is right across the field from uh, Ella, where oh, I, I see, started right. learning mm-hmm. to fly. Yeah, so yeah. it's all it's all very exciting. I must take my camera with me one day because I do miss. Some you should shots, absolutely. Um, but uh, yes, that's about it really for next week. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the weather will be nice as well. But uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Armando, what's uh, going on in the world of? I mean, you're obviously going to be flying somewhere. Uh, believe it or not, no. Uh, huh? I've got all of next week off. What? Um, Who authorized this? <laughs> we're moving house next oh, week. Yes, so, of course, yeah. Uh, oh. yeah, so we've got a new house closer to the city of Charlotte, and we will be in the height of moving. So, I will also not be here next Friday. Oh. Um, we've got some appointments that day, but um, yeah, exciting. I'm going to have my own office with uh, my own recording studio sim room very yeah. exciting very sim room exciting. maybe a sim yeah <laughs> it's oh. going to be my own space right now i share uh my office space with megan and she limits the amount of aviation paraphernalia <laughs> that that goes into that room so right okay. are you listening to this dear yeah <laughs> <laughs> own room yeah, yeah carlos you're gonna to have to buy a bigger house if you want your own room just saying <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. Don't. As I said, otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you'll come and put the shopping in your room. Angri- I better shut angrily. up. Yes, absolutely. I better shut so, up. So, as uh, as penance, though, I like Richard Adams says, uh, Nev is going to do all of the military news yep, next week. Absolutely. All oh, of it. Really yeah. brilliant. Uh, That's going to be a short uh, episode, then, isn't right. it? Right. <laughs> just just short the credits. Yeah. Just the credits. That's it. <laughs> okay well no that sounds good it is, uh, it sounds, uh, uh, sounds like fun doesn't it I know. you know never mind so we're uh, going to say <laughs> a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the youtube chat room this evening loads of people in there today. all the awesome family members in the chat room uh, tonight thanks everyone for joining us in there taking time out of your friday <laughs> evening and let's not forget as well guys and girls are awesome people who download the show each week as an audio podcast thank you to you all very much indeed for downloading the show and supporting us as you do sorry i'm i'm laughing i shouldn't do this this is terribly unprofessional of me but uh, uh john, you're on the radio now no i know but john has john has updated the artwork and i feel i need to share it with the main audience oh, in, case, no. in case they miss it oh, bl- <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm loving it oh i'm loving it we've got the aviation oh, team. we've got word. ryan reynolds we've got we've got armando i mean it, it's it's award-winning anyway sorry do do I mean, there's a lot car- going on there, <laughs> there anyway that there is there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah there is, absolutely. <laughs> Indeed, keep everyone I busy. hope you all yeah. <laughs> have enjoyed the show as much as we have. And uh, that's it then for episode 403 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Thanks, everyone, again. Take care. From me, Carlos, here in my home studio. From Matt in the PTUK Master Suite studios. From Nev in his glorious Buckinghamshire studios. And from Armando in his remote location. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. And see you next Friday. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. No, the credits are rolling. Yeah, there's no sound. There should have been sound. There was no sound going out on the thing. Hang on a minute. Uh, I think I know what it was. Oh, should we do the music? Do, 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 no, 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 no need. No, 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 it's all right. I'll, 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 I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you.